0: Those bags from Lowe's sure as heck won't be a long-term fix, but if you're looking to spend $150 and not say $2,000 or more, then that's the way to go. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? well we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and patch of land the industry's leading crowdfunding experts the best crowdfunding crash course ever episodes 152 159 166 and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals the time is now to to get started with patch of land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how's it going? I'm Joe Fairless, and this is the best real estate investing advice ever. show. I mean, with that title, I clearly have a lot to live up to on this episode and every single episode, and hopefully my guests have been living up to that, and I've been riding their coattails the entire way. (laughs) Well, on Skillset Sundays, I am the one who needs to make sure that I'm providing the valuable advice, because every Sunday, well, for the most part, every Sunday, I do a Skillset Sunday, and the purpose of Skillset Sunday is to... Um, help you acquire a skill that you did not have before having this conversation with me. Pretty simple. And I use this as a time to talk about not only personal development and if, if you're a loyal Best Ever listener, you know I'm a huge fan of Tony Robbins and he talks about how 80% of success is psychology and 20% is mechanics. So last Sunday I talked a lot about psychology. Well, this Sunday, I'm gonna talk about mechanics, in particular with multifamily apartments and making more money with multifamily. So if you're not interested in learning how to make more money with multifamily properties, then this ain't gonna be for you. This episode ain't gonna be for you. We have many episodes for you, but this one ain't it. This episode is going to be focused on multifamily and in particular, uh, the top five things that I've learned in the last two weeks on multifamily and ways to optimize the performance of your property. And uh, I mean, again, with my stuff, you know, some of the things I've learned, they might be obvious to you, but I guarantee some of the things that I've learned are not obvious to you. At least um, whenever I talk about it in detail, you are be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm going to implement that. So here they are in no particular order. Top five things to optimize the performance of your multifamily property that I've learned in the last five weeks or last two weeks. It's not the top five things overall. It's just simply the top five things I've learned recently. Number one, this has to do with your model unit. I was recently um, uh, speaking to a very, very experienced multifamily investor. And he was telling me about the show unit and some, some tips on the show unit. And one of them that I found really interesting and I have implemented and I have already received comments on, positive comments on, which I like to believe that it has led to more applications, and therefore, uh, we certainly have received a spike in in residents uh, applying and wanting to uh, and actually being um, living in this in the community I have in Cincinnati. The thing that I want to mention is in the rooms of the apartment model unit, you'll want to have two different. Music players. It could be a CD player, it could be MP3 players, it could even be a radio, but ideally not a radio because we want to control the music. But we want to have two different sound devices, one in the living area, the other in the master bedroom. Because what that does, and this is a staging tip, if you haven't picked up on it, which I'm sure you have, what that does is it sets the tone, sets the mood. From one area to another and it gives them a different feeling. It gives them a different type of atmosphere and it divides the apartment in a way that really allows them to envision themselves there uh, because it's not just one free-flowing space. It's actually two separate living environments and and atmospheres and it really, psychologically, it, it triggers them. Um. You'll also, and this is a bonus tip with this one tip. You also want to have as bright as possible lighting within the apartment. Make it super clean, and you'll you'll want to have some sort of like fresh potpourri in the apartment. Uh, as far as the music goes, going back to the music, it will need to be really easy listening, perhaps with uh, the bedroom. It could be something like, my I, I like XX, not XXX, get your mind out of the gutter, XX. They're, number one, they're a great band, one of my favorites. But number two, they're very easygoing, very easy listening. Lyrics are all, well, I think they're all PG, PG-13 as far as what I can tell. And in the living room... Something a little bit more upbeat, but not overwhelming. Just, you know, it's more of a, a gathering, a, a place for everybody to talk and, and hang out. So you'll want something that is just more more communal. So you'll want to have those two different areas sectioned off, based, and you do that with the music. Number two is now let's move outside of that model unit, and let's go to the landscaping. Let me ask you a question first. When you go to a grocery store, when you go to to Kroger, or are there food lines anymore? I'm not sure if there are food lines anymore. Uh, if you go to a, a, a grocery store that is in your neighborhood, if you notice that notice something, you'll after I mention this to you, you'll you'll pay attention to it. That is, have you ever seen the levels of the grocery store? Number two is something that's really interesting because I would have never thought of it, but whenever I was speaking to this experienced investor, he called my attention to it. That is having different levels of landscaping throughout your apartment community. When I look at certain apartment communities that they just look good, they they just look well sectioned off. It's because there are different levels of plants and growth and structures that divide it up into ways that were intended to be divided up. Similar to what a good architect does whenever they design a layout of of a building, they intentionally have certain angles and cuts that they include so that it has the feeling that they in, intend, it, intend there to be. So when you're looking at landscaping, First, you'll want to look at all the wide open spaces that you have and then you'll want to see what are what's the intended purpose of that space and how is it currently used and how do you want it to be used? Sometimes those are those are different things. And then you'll want to see well how can you break up certain areas? And in some cases you might actually remove the barriers. Maybe it's sectioned off and it shouldn't be sectioned off, so you need a, a longer, longer space. But in other cases, in in the one I'm talking about now, you'll want to section off. And when you do, you'll need to have different levels. And what I mean by levels is simply the different height of plants, of shrubbery, of um, statues, of whatever. That way it has a, a, a better feeling throughout the property where you're able to go in and out of different Quadrants or corridors, and you know where you are at that time versus it just being a free flowing, sprawling space. Number three, this is very specific, and it's something that I've, like I mentioned with all these, I've picked up on over the last, so I'd say, uh, two weeks. That is, if you have some blacktop issues with your parking lot, then take a look at different quotes from blacktop companies. But then also ask yourself what is the short-term and long-term goal of patching the, the holes. Let's say you have, I don't know, fifteen potholes. Let's say you have fifteen, let's easy math, let's say you have ten potholes. You got ten potholes and you get a quote from a company and the quote is two thousand uh, bucks because they're gonna come in, put hot hot uh, mix, I don't even know what it's called, hot blacktop mixture stuff in the holes and they're going to seal it and it's going to look really good afterwards. So that's—that's let's like, say it's 2000 bucks. Well, if you do that yourself, then you can do it a lot cheaper and it won't last as long. So again, you want to ask what's the short-term and long-term goal of this. But if the short-term goal is to uh, make it look good, make it look better, make it functional um, so that nobody's cars are getting nailed by potholes, then you might want to consider doing it yourself because you can go to Lowe's and you can buy a bag of this mixture stuff for 11 bucks, And that bag can fill one to two potholes depending on the size of the pothole and the depth of the pothole. But yeah, it, it could fill one to two potholes. So you're spending instead of two thousand dollars, you're spending one hundred and fifty dollars, uh, and that's one way that I found that it significantly lowers your expenses, and then also allows you to, um, you know, make make the property look better and a more professional look and feel on a, a budget that doesn't you know break the bank. If you're looking to do more of a short-term fix, and again, especially if you have a, a black top company, you're probably pulling out your hair right now. It's like you're probably saying, "What is he talking about? That's not the same thing." And I know it's not the same thing, um, and I wouldn't compare the two, except that from a aesthetic standpoint and a functionality standpoint, I will say they look very similar. Now, from a long-term fix, it sure as heck those bags from Lowe's sure as heck won't be a long-term fix, but If you're looking to spend $150 and not, say, $2,000 or more, then that's the way to go. Number four, limit your vendors. When you have an apartment community, you want to limit the amount of expenses that are going out the door, and you want to keep as much as possible within the team that you have hired that's on salary. Because if they're on salary... Then, they are being paid a certain amount of time for the the hours in the day. Sometimes it's by hour. Sometimes it's it's not. And if you've got if you've got people who are pay, coming out for a visit and they're charging fifty dollars just to show up, that's automatically if you're paying someone twenty dollars an hour on staff, even if they're being, getting paid by hour, you know that's that's two what two and a half hours worth of worth of work just for them to show up and they ain't not even gotten started yet to show up for $50. So you'll want to limit as much as possible the vendors and you do that by really making sure that your maintenance person is qualified in, and can do as much as possible. And, and what I mean by that is you'll want to ask if they're HVAC certified. I mean, there's all sorts of different certifications with HVAC But you really need to see if they can take care of most of the calls based on the types of issues that you're coming across and are um, experienced in that type of AC unit that you have. The other thing is major plumbing comes up. That is something that I highly recommend doing some preventative stuff where you jet the lines, they call it jet the lines, and basically just uh, clean out the the plumbing so that you don't have backups and because when you have backups and those backups are going to flood apartments is going to ruin carpet and then you're going to be paying seven hundred bucks for carpet versus you know doing uh, some preventative measures so there will be some times when you do have major plumbing uh, maintenance that you want to pay for an outside vendor but other than that you I I recommend buying a snake you know one of those things that go goes down in drains and and yanks out the, the nasty stuff. And the maintenance person can do that. The, the other thing that you might not be able to have your maintenance person do that might be a contract is lawn care, but it really depends on the size of the property and the, the lawn um, on the property. Carpet is another where you'll likely have to pay a company to bring in the carpet. Perhaps your maintenance person can install it. Perhaps that's not a good use of his or her time. Usually it's a guy. Um, the maintenance person, but just, just to be safe that it could be his, him or her. Um, and then lastly, appliances, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be getting appliances from a vendor likely. So other than HVAC, major plumbing, lawn care, carpet, and appliances, there really isn't a reason why there should be a vendor that's being paid by your, your company and having an apartment is having a company or a business. You know, there might be some roofing issues too, so uh, I'll, I'll throw that in there as well. But the key is to, on a monthly basis, evaluate all the expenses that you have and make sure that you're keeping track of where that money's going, who's it going to, so that you know exactly where your efficiencies can come into play and if your maintenance team is pulling their end of the bargain on this, and or are they? Whenever they show up to an apartment, are they just saying, "Ah, oh, well, I can't do that. Call the plumber or call the you know call, call the the HVAC person." Well, that call right there is about two and a half hours worth of their time. So really, you have to think about how long would it take my maintenance person to do this. And what's the opportunity cost? Because it's not just the hourly basis. It's what could they be doing in place of this um, while this vendor comes on site. But uh, where the expenses get out of control is by bringing on third-party vendors and not having your maintenance team address issues on site. So the maintenance team is really the key to running the ship, the company, the business, the apartment community uh, the right way. And then lastly... Number five, bill back water as quickly as you can. Simple as that. There's many different ways. I'm gonna have a guest on the show, one of my one of my friends, he had some tremendous success doing a bill back program and and ended up selling the property apartment community in Ohio for a very good return because he implemented it so darn quickly. And what I found, because I'm I'm implementing it right now with uh, one of my apartments. Uh, communities is what I found is the residents or the prospective residents, the ones who apply to be a resident, half of them ask about what bills are included if, if and what, what bills aren't. And the ones that do, they're not really concerned about the water being included or not included. What I, what I found is it's really about the special that we have in place for the resident to move in. So what I would recommend, if um, if you've got an apartment community, is to have a special, some sort of move-in special, and then bill back the water. Um, and you'll want to take a look at what your your surrounding competition's doing, and make sure that you're you're still competitive. But if even if one other company's doing, one of apartment apartment communities doing it, I recommend doing it because you'll be able to one decrease expenses whenever you have the uh, the bill back system in place because residents will be paying for the water so there's taken off the bill but then also they'll be more careful of of water usage and when a water leak happens they're going to report it a lot faster therefore your stuff's not going to get ruined as much because you're going to be addressing it a lot faster so going back to my recommendation I recommend that you have some sort of move-in special that catches their attention, sets you apart. Maybe it's a move-in special with a deposit. Maybe it's uh, no application fee unless you're approved and you decide to move in. Because really, what's the cost of running some credit? Uh, maybe 7 bucks for the credit report. At least that's what it costs me whenever I run uh, credit for the people who, um, who apply for my, my stuff. So have that move in special and use that as the shiny object and then have the bill back program once they move in or you know it'll be in the lease and you're going to you're going to really position your property in a good light you're your NOI is going to increase because your expenses are going to go down and uh, you're going to have that billback program implemented. And as far as the billback program goes, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. And again, I'm going to have a friend of mine come on the show and and talk about how to how to charge residents water and the different options that are available. I'll just say the one the way I do it is it's based on the number of occupants in the in the um in the apartment, and then they pay a certain percentage of the water bill based on the number of occupants that they have and the the water bill and the water usage for that particular meter that they're on. And I go through a third party company. They bill the resident directly and it's it's taken care of for me. Now the drawback on that is if the resident doesn't pay, then we're responsible for the collection. And so there's another level on top of it if that happens. But if uh, you set expectations at the beginning and you qualify the resident so that they have the income to support the rent and the water bill back then it's a great program to do that is the five things that i've learned in the last two weeks i hope that they added value so to summarize really quickly one have two different types of music playing in your model unit two have different levels of shrubbery of statues of of things in your in your lands in the landscaping of your community so that you divide up the different sections how you intend them to be divided up and based on their usage 3 take a look at your black top and don't pay an arm and a leg for it to be professionally done if 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 bold underline exclamation mark highlight it in rainbow colors if your goal is a short-term functional fix because it's significantly less expensive, significantly less expensive. I've, I've found firsthand to do that than a much longer-term fix that sometimes is required. Four, limit the vendors. Have your maintenance team do as much as possible. Make sure that they are um, not just throwing their hands up in the air when they arrive on... A work order and they, they look at something, like, oh, I don't want to do this. You really need to monitor them and, and make sure that, that they're doing um, the job versus the vendor because vendors cost money just to show up. Um, and then you got to factor in the hours that they work on top of that plus supplies. And then five, implement a bill back program as quickly as possible That's going to help you increase your NOI because your expenses are going to be lowered and the residents are going to be more responsible with the water usage and reporting any leaks um, because they know that they're on the hook for for water. So they're going to want to get those leaks addressed as quickly as possible. I hope this was beneficial, wonderful. I hope this added a kickstart to your best ever Sunday. And if you haven't subscribed to iTunes, please do so. We've got amazing episodes for you. And by amazing, I mean, these things are, are valuable uh, for me to learn from. Um, and, and so I know that some of the stuff, if not all the stuff, will be valuable to you. Because uh, whenever I'm interviewing these guests, I'm, I'm channeling you. And I'm also asking the questions that I think would be interesting for people that I know. Um, so if you ever have any questions that you want addressed... Then just tweet me at Joe Fairless and say, hey, what about this? What about this? And if I don't know the answer, then I'm going to bring on a guest and we're going to answer. I'm going to ask that specific question. I'll even give you a shout out. I'll say, hey, this is from so-and-so <laughs> on Twitter. They, this is this is a question that they were asking and we brought on this guest to address it. So if you haven't subscribed to iTunes, subscribe. And then you can make sure that you have all the episodes delivered to you on a daily basis. Till then, I hope you have a best ever Sunday. I'm grateful to have conversations with you on a daily basis. And I'll talk to you soon. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. And now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space. And they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions that's p-a-t-c-h-o-f-l-e-n-d dot com forward slash best ever are you still chasing down rent checks every month cozy provides free online rent collection and screening tools to landlords just like you automate your business for free sign up at cozy.co that's c-o-z-y dot c-o hey you best ever listener do you want more